You're listening to the voice of Rowan Prof Sports. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM, Glassboro. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. And now, here's your host, WGLS-FM Sports Director, Danny Ryan. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. You're tuned into a cold and gloomy Friday edition here on Offsides with your host, Danny Ryan, as I'm joined by Sports Department members Jack Miller and two new faces to the Sports Department, Sam Prince and Justin Locke as we get set to bring you all of the latest happenings in the professional sports world here on Friday, December 2nd, 2022. First off, gentlemen, thank you for joining me here today. If you have any words you'd like to say to start off the show, by all means. But we have a jam-packed show, as I mentioned, to hop into. We'll talk a little bit about Sam's New York football giants, and we know he's very famous for being a New York football giants fan. And so uh, we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later on in the show. But speaking of football... First segment, we're going to debrief Thursday night football from last night between the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots. The Bills win 24-10, defeating the Patriots. And, well, it was a strange one for those Belichick-led Patriots as, uh, well, their only touchdown came courtesy of defensive back Marcus Jones. And we'll talk about him. That kid can fly. Um, But I just want to pick your guys' brains, and anyone can start off. Obviously, New England, they started off a little bit better to start this season. They've kind of come off that horse a little bit. However, they've never really looked explosive or a team that may be threatening in the AFC, let alone the AFC East. What does the future look like for the New England Patriots? The future is not good for the Patriots. You have a defensive coordinator calling plays in Matt Patricia. How do you have that? The Patriots, in order to make the playoffs a wild card spot at best second seed, because they're going to come in third place in the division. The Bills are better than them, and the Dolphins are better than them. They're not good. They need to be 4-1. and one. The Patriots are an exciting team. They're not a team where I say, mm, the Patriots are here. I fear them. I just look at them like any ordinary team. They are not good. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to get ridiculed for this. You guys are going to ridicule me this. Bill Belichick is past his heydays. He needs to retire. Oof. He needs to. He is a defensive minor head coach. A lot of defensive minor head coaches don't succeed in the modern NFL. And if he was that great of a head coach, the so-called GOAT, which he is one of the greatest head coaches of all time, then how does he do without the GOAT himself, Tom Brady? Yeah, that's that's a good point you bring up there. And, you you know, he is a defensive-minded head coach. The defense is the one part of the um, team that really seems to stay consistent ever since Tom Brady left. But the offense, obviously, is not getting it done. You mentioned defensive, uh, former defensive coordinator as offensive coordinator in Matt Patricia. And so that hasn't worked out too well this season. You saw the soundbite, or... The lip sync bite for Mac Jones last night, kind of letting out his frustrations, not safe for work. Um, but overall, I mean, it's becoming a bit ugly over there in New England, and the frustrations are starting to rise considering the Jets are above them, the Bills are above them, the Dolphins are above them. They're not used to that. And so, Justin, overall, I mean, what do you think the future is like for the New England Patriots, and is Mac Jones in that near future? Honestly, I think that Mac Jones obviously does have a couple more years on his contract, four-year, $15.5 million contract came from Alabama, and of course New England took that pick thinking that he was going to be the franchise guy. Belichick, of course, going to many Super Bowls with Tom Brady. Last year they did make the playoffs, I believe, 10-7. and seven. But I I don't see it, personally, I don't see it in Mac Jones. If I was New England and I got a good draft pick, I would draft somebody in, that's great in college football to be honest. Yeah, I mean, at this point, you know, it's still fresh in his career, but the questions are going to start to rise. You saw Bailey Zappi come in for Mac Jones when he was hurt and kind of light it up, and it was, you know, the the question was in the air, is Bailey Zappi better than Mac Jones? Uh, Will he be starting when Jones comes back from injury? Clearly that didn't happen, but there was a lot of controversy this year in New England when that happened. Jack, we talked about you know, Sam mentioned that Belichick, ha- or Belichick, pardon me, has to retire. Justin mentioned that they might have to draft a new QB to get this offense turned around. What do you think is the future uh, for the New England Patriots? What path do you think they should take? I, I think 
I think they have to go for um, just a whole offensive kind of reset. I mean, Mac Jones isn't cutting it for anyone. I don't think Stevenson is really doing it. Ten uh, 10 carries, 55 yards for him. And, I mean, Mac Jones is just not – and he's not surrounded by good receivers as well. So, And I feel like his best receiver is uh, Jacoby Myers. So, I mean – the fact that it's that's what their offense is looking like, I think they got to go completely reset. Like in the draft, you got to go offensive heavy, and uh, you, you definitely should be looking into um, a new QB, as Justin said, because Mac Jones, I feel like, is just not cutting it for for the Patriots. I mean, there's been a few times this year where they've gotten like just ten points or only like one touchdown uh, in a game. So. I think Mac Jones, he's just an inconsistent quarterback, and I don't think the Patriots are looking for someone like that. They definitely need a quarterback that it was consistent like Tom Brady was. So, When Mac Jones is under pressure, he has a passer rating of 70.8 with 800 yards, which is honestly shocking, along with two touchdowns and six interceptions in four games in which he's really been uh, under pressure the most this year. It's not great, and it's not consistent. He has, so far has matched his touchdown total with his interception total at seven touchdowns to seven interceptions. His seven touchdowns are tied 29th in the league, and that's not a great look. Interceptions are right about the middle of the pack, tied 18th. Quarterback rating at 35.8, good for 28th in the league, and then his 1,963 yards through the air, good for 26th in the league. So the highest he's really placing in any of these offensive categories for a quarterback is 18th, and that's in the interception column, and he's still matching his interceptions with touchdown. I mean, how absurd is that, that you take a quarterback, top 15 overall, 15 on the dot, you're the New England Patriots, you have all of this storied history, and you know, you're arguably the GOAT franchise in the in the recent decades. Um, come on, don't give me that look, Sam. Come on. Okay, okay. In the you, recent you, you decades. You said recades. Okay, you're not – okay, recent decades is fine, but not overall. I need to just make sure you are going <laughs> on that. That's an argument I will have there, not a top five franchise of all time. Yeah, okay. I, I would Yeah, I would say it's recent decades. I wouldn't say all time. I mean, either way, they hold the most Super Bowl wins of all time for any team. Tied with the Steelers. Tied with the Steelers. But they're still tied. <laughs> they're still tied, which I get in credit. They're the greatest franchise in the past 20 years. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> Steelers got to get Kenny Smallhand Pickett's or Kenny Smallhand's Pickett the, uh, I, I think, the I think, go-round over I there. think both the Patriots and uh, – the Steelers are both having a little quarterback problem, so yeah. I mean, you gotta give, you gotta at least give no, into this. Pickett, it's gonna be good. He has a lot of time left. I don't really see anything that's alarming uh, to him. I like to make fun of his small hands because who doesn't? It's just like the you know, the joke. He also wears gloves, so you can, we kind of get to that. make fun of him for that. So. Yeah. Um, no, he's got a lot of potential ahead of him, and you don't want to write him out quite yet. But Mac Jones, the questions have to start arising. You know, um, first round pick in 2021. It's only you know he's only, this is his second season in the league, but. If he's kind of taking this sophomore slump, they're going to bring him into next season. There's no doubt about that. You're not going to give up on a first-round pick that easy. But I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, they go into next season, they stick behind their starting quarterback in Mac Jones, and it doesn't work out and they move on. Now there's been some rumors that maybe Brady will leave the Bucks and go to, back to New England. I don't really buy that, especially when you're giving Mac Jones that four-year contract like Justin said. It doesn't make sense, especially with how Brady's been playing as of late. So I want to talk about that. Do any of you think there's any credibility to that report that Brady might be going to the Patriots after his time with the Bucks? I don't. I don't deny it. I mean, I, it could be like some cool reunion, but I mean, I I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. I mean, there was reports before LeBron went back to Cleveland that that might happen, and when he yeah. was in Miami. So I mean, I don't see. I wouldn't be surprised if it if it did happen, um, and if the reports are even true. Yeah. So I mean. I just don't I know how it would it. work. No, I wouldn't mind it happen. either, but I don't know how it would work because you have Mac Jones. He's not going to sit behind, or yeah, sorry, he's Tom Brady, as in he is not going to sit behind Mac Jones, and Mac yeah. Jones isn't going to sit behind Tom Brady because they spent a first round pick on him. No, the, the, who who's who has the reports? I'm only listening to credible sources here. <laughs> I, 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 come on, guys, who 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 really reported on this? I, I'm going to find that I, out. For I knew you, I it was saw all it. over Twitter. I saw it. It, it was so. all over Twitter, but I'm not buying it. I got I got to hear some more information about it. Yeah. I, that's why I said I don't think there's any credibility to it to be honest with you, but a lot of rumors that are thrown out there start to gain traction as things get more serious. So maybe it's just like, "Oh, Tom was considering this and it got he leaked through his agent. He could have thought about it, but do you think he's actually going to go back to Belichick? You know no, how many storylines so. that's going to be? How Tom needs Belichick, they need each other. No, he wants to prove that he's that he's he was I mean, he did prove it. I mean, he, he won a Super Bowl it. without him. You, okay, let, let's. The Bucks are going to win the division. He's going to somehow go on some miracle Super Bowl run and make the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. He's Tom Brady. Do you guys really think he'll lose in the playoffs? I don't know. I mean, Fox News is reporting it. 
Ooh, oh, okay, okay. So there's a that, possibility. Because the Athletics' Jeff Howe, who has covered the Patriots for more than a decade, said, don't ever, um, pardon me, said, don't ever write off the Patriots in a recent article that broke down where the veteran quarterback might play next season if he decides he wants to return for a 24th campaign. I don't... He's, well, he's coming back next season. He divorced Giselle. Yeah. <laughs> he's playing for 25 years. I mean, yeah. that's crazy yeah. to think about that. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, I really don't think there's a lot of credibility around it now, but you've had two credible uh, you know, outlets reporting it in Fox News and The Athletic originally reporting it. So there's something there at the very least, but I just don't think it makes sense for him. I mean, with the state of the offense over in New England, they'd have to make a lot of changes for him to want to come over to New England and participate in that offense. So definitely a long shot, but... I don't know. I just don't buy it. I do want to talk about the Buffalo Bills and last night's game. However, they beat the Patriots by 14 points, and really, it doesn't sound like a lot, but it was. The Patriots were just playing awful. The frustrations were mounting on the sideline by Mac Jones for a reason. So I'm sure all of us either saw some highlights or watched the game last night. What was your overall opinion on how the Bills played against the Patriots? Man, that's... That's difficult. I mean, I mean, Bills with Bills didn't really look that great. I mean, they didn't. I mean, in my opinion, I think that the Bills could have could have gotten a bigger win on this. Um, they I mean, have they have one less touchdown if Josh Allen doesn't pull magic out of a hat. True. Yeah. So, I mean, and he's done that twice against the Patriots now. Yep. So, but uh, I think the Bills are on like this like little like chaotic mode right now. I mean, they're they're nine and three, but I think they're in like a little chaotic mode where they're kind of struggling against any team that they go against. I feel like against the Patriots, you could have done a better job. I mean, 14 points, but I think the Patriots' defense is like, eh. I mean, so I think you could have definitely secured the bag in a bigger way than 24 to 10, in my opinion. They've been playing very oddly over the past few weeks. They're getting the wins, but they're starting to skid a little bit. They're not up there with... I mean, don't get me wrong. They're still up there with some of the top teams when evaluating who has a chance at the Super Bowl, but... Their odds have definitely gone down over the past few weeks with just how their defense has played. Uh, you know, I'll even just mention the Thanksgiving game in general against yeah. the Lions. Now, the Lions aren't as bad as people make them out to be, but if you're going to be one of these teams that's going to be a Super Bowl favorite, that doesn't typically happen. Yeah, I mean, the last seven games that the Bills had, for, uh, seven games ago, October 16th, they were 24-20 to 20 against the Chiefs, mm-hmm. and then it was 27-17 to 17 against Green Bay, and then it was they lost 20-17 to 17 against the Jets. Then they lost by three to the Vikings, lost by seven, eight by the to the Browns, or one by eight against uh, the Browns, and then one by three against the Lions. So it's a lot of closer games. Yeah. I mean, especially Browns and Lions, you are within one possession. I mean, that I Browns mean, that, game scares. They're me skidding, the as you said. I mean, they're 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 on the de- on the decline. I feel like in a, in a little bit. I think they'll be fine. I mean, look, Josh Allen's still recovering from the injury, and they're still winning games at the end of the day. We had that last year. We've seen that with the Chiefs, and look what they've been doing. They've been great. So I think I think it's fine. All great teams go through that. Uh, top, a top three quarterback, Josh Allen. I mean, of course you have to – coming off the injury, you're going to expect downfalls, but not too big of a downfall. I mean, they did win last night 14 points, and the Lions game was close, but – I, I do see games coming up, Jets, Dolphins, and that could be two losses right there. Oof, they could yeah. lose the division there. Do they dare lose to Mike White and the New York Jets? It's, it's a possibility. It's a possibility. It is. I mean, I mean talk about how Aaron's going to go played, nuts. By the way. If that happens, Aaron's going to go nuts. I <laughs> mean, they're right back in the AFC East race if they win that game. Yeah. No doubt about it. I mean, right now they're still kind of trailing, but they're, they're still in it. Who do the mean, Jets even play Nick, or this week? Do they we play the... I will double-check that right now. But last year, last year we saw Mike White pull his magic for a week. And then the next week he just collapsed. So he, play, he plays the Vikings, by the way. So that's a that's a good matchup that he's got, Mike White. Uh, guys, who knows? Look, uh, Mike White, I think it's just a one-week thing. <laughs> All right, you can't say it's a one-week thing because he put up a few good weeks last year. So he's not an incompetent quarterback. No. Yeah. But he's going to play – I mean, you have to agree he's going to play miles better than Zach Wilson. Will. Um, and by the way, they haven't announced him as the starter. Danny? Yeah. Zach Wilson, let's just we're like he should never been a first round pick, let alone the second, second overall, overall pick. pick. Yeah. That was You just, don't think he should have been a first round pick? No. I mean he did go to a He went he went over Justin Fields. Yeah. I know, it's crazy. And Trey Lance. <laughs> I mean, listen, I was a huge Justin Fields guy. I thought he should have been one of those QBs in top three over Wilson, but I still think Wilson should have been a first round pick. If he slipped to the second, that's not the worst thing. But like you can't I look said, me in the eyes and say he should have been a third, fourth round pick. No, he should have been very early second. I said he could be a, a good a good NFL quarterback mm-hmm. if he sits and he's in a system where the plays are around him. 
Yeah, I mean, it was a very similar situation to the Mac Jones draft pick when, uh, you know, it was like, all right, Mac Jones isn't great. He's not going to go above and beyond to win you games. But if he's in the Belichick system, it might work, and it did for that first year. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I I think Mike White could do some more magic. Maybe if he beats Minnesota, Ooh. then I would absolutely. Yeah, and I believe it. And it's in, and it's in Minnesota. So. Yeah, if he wins in Minnesota against a great team in Minnesota Vikings, I I would have to believe it. Maybe you, would you get rid of Zach Wilson after that? I don't know. But that'd be that'd be a big move, obviously. I mean, I just tough. don't get why they trusted Zach Wilson for this long. Like yeah. for well, you have for to. those many games. I mean, you I mean you have Mike White. I mean, and you're I mean you're winning games, but like. It's not because of Zach Wilson. I understand what you're saying because they had a pretty good start to the season with Joe Flacco as well when Wilson went yeah. down. And so I see what you're saying, but you have to have you also have to understand it from a franchise standpoint in the sense that the point you just brought up, he was the second overall pick in the draft he was taken in. And so But he's know, proven that he can't throw he can't complete ten passes. But you've like, invested. That's the thing. You, with you, franchises you, you've invested. Look, Dan, you've invested it. But we saw this a couple years ago with Josh Rosen in the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. And they got rid of him for Kyler Murray, you know. I'm not the biggest Kyler Murray fan, but they saw it wasn't him. They said, we got to get him out. We got to get a better better option. Yeah, I mean, it's a good point you bring up, and I'm not opposed to them doing that next year, but just as far as what Zach, or, um, Zach said, what Jack said, at least it rhymes. That's my middle name. <laughs> Is it really? Zachary, yes. <laughs> Jack Zachary Miller. Yes. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> um, no, but as Jack said, I mean, the reason they kind of went with him that long is why, you know, I think because they drafted him second overall. I Honestly, if Mike White continues to play like this or even Flacco comes in uh, for White and plays better than Wilson, I don't think he gets another chance this year. But who knows? I mean, in the locker room, those players and coaches are the only people that know. And Salah, like I said, hasn't even named Mike White the starter for this week. He's going to do it on a week-by-week basis based on if Wilson is game-ready, he said. And so he, we may see him this week, as soon as this week. Now, is a smart option to start Zach Wilson against the Vikings? No, yeah. not in a million years. So I don't expect that. I definitely expect White to do it, but Salah's trying to keep the teams on their toes as far as the media as well. But it's going to be an interesting situation over there in New York. I wouldn't hate to see them uh, you know, go and draft another quarterback, but like I said, they've invested with that second overall pick. Any final closing thoughts before we head to break? I don't have any, but I just hope that Mike White kind of, kind of steps up to the plate against Minnesota. Um, I mean, Minnesota, I mean, they haven't been – Playing too well defensively, you give up 26 points to the Patriots and uh, and giving up 30 points to the Bills. I mean, Bills are a great offensive team, but you give up 26 points to the Patriots. I mean, it's. I hope that Mike White can capitalize on a struggling defense of Minnesota mm-hmm. right now. So um, I think I think the Jets-Vikings game is going to be a really good game. I think we have a lot of good games this week, too, anyways. We do. You know what game we got? We got NFC East matchup. The Washington Commander versus the New York Giants for control of the second seed in the NFC wild card race. Who does wow. Dallas play this week? The Colts. Oh, oh man. man. Sunday night football. That's not great for you. It's not great it's for not me. Great. Yeah. It's not great for you guys, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, we still have a game on them. You guys are a game under them. That's not and, great and guess you. what? You guys play them Christmas Eve. I'm fine with that. I am fine great. with them. So you guys really confident that you guys are going to win? I'm confident that... We have a chance of winning any game. Yeah, and if it's going to be a loss, true. I don't think it's going to be more... Honestly, I don't think it's going to be by more than 10 points at the max. Justin, you're an Eagles fan, right? That's yeah. going to be a really good game on so Christmas We got all Eagles fans against me on this one. I do think the Cowboys are going to edge out the Eagles on Christmas Eve. I mean, who knows? With the way the Eagles played against the Cowboys led by Cooper Rush, that could very well happen, and I expect it to happen if they play like that. Now you take in consideration C.J. Gardner-Johnson's out with, uh, I believe it was— It's a rib injury. A rib injury, yes. I was going to say admin for a second, but that was Christian Pulisic. Yeah. Um, so he, <laughs> he's out with a uh, rib injury, and now you're starting Reed Blankenship, who had an interception last week at safety now he did have an interception last week but it was a you could have seen the writing on the wall with the way Rodgers was looking at the receiver I think it was Lazard or Watson long story short they might play like that against the much improved Cowboys especially their run game I mean Zeke is now producing week in and week out for a running back who a lot of people thought was gone well with Zeke I mean he always performs well against the Eagles I don't know what it is but it's just like every time Zeke plays the Eagles he owns us yeah he just he just feasts on us so I mean he's probably going to do well against the Eagles I'm not I won't be I won't be surprised if it's like 100 plus yards for Zeke on Christmas Eve (sighs) don't put that into I'm not surprised I'm not surprised (laughs) he's put into the universe 
I mean, if he does that, and then they have a receiving back like Pollard, that you know Prescott's going to find him more I, than Rush did. Well, what? the thing is, is you got to trust Pollard more than Zeke. I don't get why they haven't been doing this for the past. And I'll say the years. same thing to you because of how high they drafted him and the money they owe him, they cannot move on from Zeke. It, it, I, I would you rather trade him. I would rather, and no one wants him. That's the thing too. No one's going to want that contract for what he's shown he can do. Is like he can't put a team on his back anymore. He can kind of get goal line touchdowns if you need him to rush his way through a third and. Uh, short but I do want to head to break so I'll wrap up my thought here it's just to answer your question Sam we're confident but yeah anything confident. Could, anything could happen I'm, I'm kind of exactly. if I had to say I'm 60 40 right now the, the Cowboys are yeah. not a bad team and so with that being said we'll take a quick step off here on Rowan Radio but before we do that let's check the WGLS community calendar the Samaritan Center is a program that helps Glassboro residents with economic difficulties by providing free food once per month. You can give back to your community by donating food, clothes, or by volunteering your time. Email glassborofoodbank.org, or pardon me, email glassborofoodbank at gmail.com, or visit online at glassborofoodbank.org for more information. This community calendar is brought to you by Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLSFM, your source for community news and information. Don't go anywhere. More offsides right after these messages. to the Roan Report every Saturday at 9.30 a.m. on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Join me, Allie Bruce, and the rest of the Roan Radio news team as we bring you a recap of weekly news covering local, national, and international stories. Plus, we'll take a look at sports and entertainment news, too. For news around the region and around the world, listen to the Roan Report every Saturday at 9.30 a.m. on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM and online at roanradio.com your kids about the dangers of vaping can be hard. Getting them to listen to hot gossip is easy. So here's some drama you could share with your kid. Dude, did you hear about Cassie and Jake? No, but did you hear that vaping can cause irreversible lung damage and nicotine affects brain development? <gasps> Nuh-uh. You don't need to gossip if you want to have an open conversation about vaping. So if you want to get tips on when and how to talk to your kids, visit talkaboutvaping.org. Brought to you by the American Lung Association and the Ad Council. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. You're tuned in to our live sports talk show, Offsides, right here on RowanRadio.com Channel 2. But when you're not, and maybe you're an early riser, well, if you are, you have to wake up with Rowan Radio for the Early Birds special every weekday starting at 7 a.m. Our hosts will help you get through your morning with entertaining stories and special giveaways, plus news, weather, traffic, and, of course, the music that matters. I actually host an Early Birds special on Mondays, so make sure you tune into that while uh, that show does last this semester. But it's from 7 to 9 a.m. only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM, also online at rowanradio.com. So during the break, I did mention to Jack and... Justin and Sam weren't able to hear me, but I do want to cover the upcoming Browns versus Texans game, and I'm sure you can understand why I want to cover that. Uh, I didn't think about it when I was typing up the itinerary today, but, well, we're not going to have an Offsides episode until that game following this one. So we might as well talk about it. The Browns face off against the Houston Texans in Houston this Sunday at 1 p.m. Deshaun Watson returns to the team that traded him this past March, and so... Anybody can jump in. I want to grab thoughts on how you guys think this game is going to go. I think we all know the Browns are going to win, but as far as the reception from the crowd, also 10 women involved in the sexual misconduct cases will be in attendance as a, quote, statement from their attorney, uh, from their attorney Tony Busby. So there's a lot riding on this game not related to the game. Honestly, I expect Deshaun Watson uh, is going to have a hard time out there. I... I don't think he's going to have a horrible game. I, mm-hmm. I don't think Deshaun Watson's ever been a horrible quarterback in his life. Even at Clemson, he was always yeah. a contender. And obviously for a struggling Houston team past couple years, it was very tough to see what his true potential was, mm-hmm. I think. So I think for a Cleveland team who's been really dominant with Nick Chubb, obviously, this year, I, I do wonder how he's going to play. And I, I mean, me personally, I don't think what he did or quote-unquote did – um, is acceptable, mm-hmm. but as a, as a football player, I think he's exceptional. Yeah, I mean, he had a 
a rough go of it in the preseason when he suited up for the Browns. Not that that should be uh, something you should judge it off of. It's an extremely small sample size. In fact, just one drive. But <laughs> I think the stat was, and I'll, I'll definitely clarify this, like one for six with an interception. Yeah, that, that, uh, he looked pretty rough out yeah, there in the preseason. That wasn't good. So maybe he's rusty. Who knows? I like Justin said, I don't expect that from a quarterback of his caliber. I think maybe the first game, but he'll be ready to kind of shoot out with the Bengals next week when he faces them. So, Sam, overall, you know, I talked about there's a lot riding on this game aside from the actual game when the game starts. Do you think he's going to be torn to pieces by the home Houston crowd? 100,000%. What he did is absolutely unacceptable. He is a top five quarterback in the game, but he should be booed. He will be booed. And he will get torn to pieces. Not literally, but he will. They will say some words that I cannot repeat on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLSFM. Yeah, in fact, they will. Um, it's going to be a Philadelphia-like environment over there. If a, if a player were to leave Philadelphia the way Deshaun Watson did, you'd experience a different type of anger from those fans. But with that being said, the Texans fans are going to be Philadelphia fans for a day in the sense that they're just going to rip into Watson, and he deserves every second of it. I'm happy. He's going to get that, to be honest with you. brings a smile to my face because you're right. What he did do is unacceptable. He still has two civil cases open. 23 of his 25 were basically paid off. Uh, They were resolved, and so you know what that means. It's not a great situation, and so, you know, obviously a lot of people are going to have a lot of frustration with him, whether he performs or doesn't, but I do want to steer this a little bit more towards the game. First game for him in two years, first NFL regular season game at least, and so there's a high chance he's going to be rusty. There's a high chance he's not. He's going to look a little bit lost out there, especially considering he just started practicing with the team three weeks ago. He wasn't practicing all season with them. He wasn't allowed to. How do you guys think he is going to perform? Justin talked about it, but Jack, I'll go to you. <laughs> um, well, I think Deshaun Watson, uh, you're probably right. I think he's going to be rusty. And um, just for the sake of what he's done um, in his resolved cases, that what they were for, I think... I, I hope he gets booed like like Philly would boo anyone that mm-hmm. returns on the field. So, um, I because the fact that you that that he did stuff like that to more than two dozen women. I mean, oh. the and, fact like and the fact is is like I don't mean to go on a rant, but the fact is that he got a lesser punishment than Calvin Ridley. Kind of kind of makes me mad. Like the fact that 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 happened. So uh, and I think this is just kind of like like advertising for the NFL that he comes back against his former team like against his former team if that makes sense so I I don't I just don't like how this punishment played out at all and I hope he does get booed in in Houston because of all the stuff that he's done so he will be you don't have to hope it's going to become a reality it's just a matter I wish I was uh, there (laughs) I really wish I was there (laughs) I do too it's just a matter of how insane the wavelengths are going to be over there yeah I wouldn't be surprised if stuff gets thrown on the field they're oh, yeah, sitting no. a lot. Like, this Definitely. is going to be a blowout as well. So these are going to be some pissed off fans. I know the uh, Texans are sitting. Sellout, not a blowout. <laughs> uh, no, I, I mean it's going to be basically a, a blowout as far as the game goes. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. no, because the, the Texans are sitting anyone that even has a sniff of an injury because basically at this point in the season they're tanking. I mean they want a high draft they want pick. Bryce. So. Yeah, yeah, they, they want Bryce Young and they want to pair him with their absolutely insanely talented running back who needs more fantasy points. Yes, than he Damian does. Pierce. Hey, can we just talk about this next year? Potentially, if Bryce, I know it's a little off topic here. No, you're good. But if Bryce Young gets drafted by the Houston Texans, he's also going to have his college receiver in John Menchie. Mm, yes, mm. a guy who was injured due to a torn knee. Oh, wait, no. No, was he, the, it the was ja- that was Jamison right? Williams. Yes, he's yes. covering recovering from cancer. Oh, so we all God. wish Menchie the best recovering from cancer. That was the worst to hear at the beginning of the season, too. Oh, yeah, he gosh. was such a talented receiver from the draft. I literally like that pick from the Texans. Yeah, I do, too, as well. And you pair him with Nico Collins. Brandon Cooks won't be there next year, obviously, because no. he wants out. By the way, he's sitting as well because of a small, slight injury. So the tank is on for the Houston Texans as they look to upset the Deshaun Watson-led Browns. That'd be pretty cool if they could win, but... Let's go Texans. Very, very unlikely. Yeah. I think yeah. the entire nation's rooting for Texans, aside from the Watson family. So that's enough about that topic, but I did want to touch on it before we moved on from the NFL. Now it's time to switch things over to the Major League Baseball side of the professional sports world, more specifically MLB Free Agency. And so at the beginning of the week... I believe it was Monday or Tuesday. The Houston Astros, they signed a former White Sox first baseman, Jose Abreu, to a three-year, $58.5 million deal. And then just yesterday, as I was at the Delaware Bluecoats at the Chase Fieldhouse, well, I had to say goodbye to a 
lifelong friend. Zach Eflin joins the Tampa Bay Rays on a three-year, $40 million contract, officially the largest in Tampa Bay Rays franchise history, which is a mind-boggling stat. I know they like to build from their farm system, but come on. A man named Zach Eflin is the largest contract in your franchise's history. He couldn't stay healthy. I mean, he literally was put in the bullpen because he couldn't stay healthy. Not that he's not a talented pitcher, because the Rays do bring out the best in pitchers. We know that. But if you're the Rays, you have to spend some more money at this point, man. I mean, it's 2022. I don't like this at all. <laughs> I really don't. Like, Zach. Well, why? No, no. A Phillies fan? No, 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 no. I don't. It's not the fact that it, it, that a Philly's leaving. It's the fact that he got overpaid. He doesn't deserve mm-hmm. $40 million for three years. Like, the, the and it's the largest contract the Rays have ever put out. That, that even boggles my mind even more. But, um,. He doesn't deserve forty million. I think this guy is like a three-year, like twenty million kind of guy. Like I feel like he got like overpaid by double. Like because he, the thing is, is whenever he pitched, he'd oh, I, I swear, like every time in the playoffs, he'd give up at least one run every time he came out. It, there was like two or three times where he came in and only gave up zero runs. In the comeback for St. Louis, he gave up a run and had two two men still left on base and the last out. So, I mean, I, the fact that he gets forty million for Having a a bu- a slightly above average performance in the season and in the playoffs, it, it it's just I know he has like oh he made the World Series, but he doesn't deserve twenty extra. He doesn't deserve double more his contract because he made it to the World Series. He wasn't the reason about it. No, he doesn't. It's kind of crazy that he's the highest raised player in franchise history. What do you guys think Wanda Franco will get? Oh, I think Wanda Franco is gonna get. Oof. Was he injured though? This most of this yeah, year. Yeah, but I mean, he's their he's their future. I mean, if they really want to build with the ground, didn't he already? Yeah, he already got a contract, didn't he? I, think I swear he, he did. He did. He did? Oh, that, though. but I think that meant to um, as far as the That's... largest contract in history for a free agent coming. Oh, into the okay. You, you, yeah. you didn't specify okay. that, Danny. That's... Yeah, I apologize, but so um, let me see. Actually, let's clarify. It's eleven that. years, one hundred eighty-two million for okay. Wander Franco. Okay, yeah, so good. It's an incoming free agent. Good that they're at least paying their their guys that build up, unlike how they didn't pay play pay Blake Snell. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, they didn't. That's a thing that they should have kept. They should have kept Blake Snow. I mean, with the, with you getting Tyler Glass now back, I mean. Yeah, it, after that seventh inning, I believe, or sixth inning pull, um, when Blake Snow was really not done that game by Kevin Cash, things kind of went down as far as his relationship in Tampa. And he was off that first year with the Padres, kind of turned it around this year. But, um, Justin, you know, we talked about how Zach Eflin's being overpaid by a little bit. I don't typically agree with Jack in the sense that he shouldn't have gotten the money because it really only – uh, equals out to about 12 or 13 mil once you, uh, you know, annual um, divide it. But I think you should have probably gotten somewhere around like the seven, eight million dollar range. If you, you know, we go in with your contract, Jack, three years, 20 million, it's about like six mil a year. I think you earned a little bit more than that, but not much more. I, I agree yeah. with you on that. With sense. 40 mil, that's a lot. I mean, I was just being mad. But. No, 100%. <laughs> I knew there was a little bit of frustration yeah. there somewhere. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's just, it's just definitely mind-boggling. One, that that's their largest free agent signing in franchise history, uh, even ba- dating back to the Devil Rays. So um, definitely an interesting stat. But I do want to touch more on the Jose Abreu side of things, the former, or defending, I will say now, World Series champion Houston Astros of 2022. They signed Jose Abreu to a three-year deal worth $58.5 million, ideally to solidify the designated hitter spot, but he probably will see some time at first base. What were your initial reactions to this signing uh, as soon as you saw it pop up on your phone, the rich getting richer? The, you you took my words out of my mouth. The rich getting richer. Does any team say, oh, we can beat the Houston Astros? Realistically, the Houston Astros are going to repeat this year. That's what they're saying. They're going to repeat with or without Justin Verlander. I don't see a team that can overthrow them. They I have don't. to bring Verlander back, by the way. Yeah, they, they kind of do. And we were talking about this on 10th inning uh, every Thursday. but um, <laughs> Free promo. <laughs> free promo. promo. But um, we were talking about this where um, we were th- discussing where uh, Verlander could potentially go if he doesn't go to uh, Houston. Um, and I th- one of the things that uh, our guest Jason Joseph uh, suggested, what, like, what if he went to the Mariners or like some other AL West team? I suggested the Angels because, like, what if he, like, what if he went to the Angels? I feel like you give you give Otani a veteran guy who just won a Cy Young award, mm-hmm. and you also have uh, Trout. They also got Renfro and Tyler Anderson and Gio Urshela. I mean, yeah. they're they're trying to rebuild kind of quick, and I mean, you're trying. I feel like you're kind of desperate to go into yeah. the playoffs because you just signed Otani for one year for thirty million dollars. So, I mean, 
I think the Angels, in my opinion, should be going after Justin Verlander just to be able to compete with the Houston Astros. And, yeah. And guess what? Sorry, I interrupted Justin. You're good. We'll get to you in a second. You know, Verlander. Hopefully, you know, he signs the Yankees. Would love that. He would. Oh, he would always kill the Yankees in the playoffs wherever he played. It was just our nemesis. But you look at it like this: the Hunter Renfro signing by the Angels was amazing. But now, even even if Verlander signs the Yankees, they need to just reload too to even compete with the Astros because you saw this year with the current roster they were not even close to even winning a game yeah I I honestly don't think Verlander's gonna leave I think obviously he's had some struggles in World Series games obviously the Astros did win this year I didn't I didn't think they were gonna win after a couple of games um but with Jose Abreu I mean I was very shocked with his signing um of course Jose Abreu is a three-time Silver Slugger, three-time All-Star, former MVP of the league. Yeah, COVID year. Yeah. It's, oh my gosh, I forgot about. I that. mean, he had a solid year. I mean, 183 hits, 15 home runs, 304 batting average. I to add this to a, a fire like this is a powerhouse team. I mean, mm. I would say the team almost the team of the decade if you want to say. I mean, Houston's been in the World Series I think 3 or 5 years. It's it's crazy. It, I can't I, mean, I can't believe they pulled it off too. I mean, they didn't really get him for a ton of money. Three years, fifty and a half million. I think it's honestly a valid contract. I it mean, is. I mean, for for Jose Abreu, I feel like that's exactly what he's worth. Is three years on your, or for fifty eight million? Especially with his age too. If he was exactly. younger, he gets miles more than that. Mm-hmm. But he's already mid thirties, and so I like that deal for them. And now brings a consistency at that designated hitter position. Not only in the sense that there's some pop there consistently, but he batted three oh four, like Justin said. This is a, now a once power guy. Well, once power and average turned less power and more contact, guys. If you can just get base hits out of that DH position, it says DH for a reason. Yeah. You just need hits. And so that I'm sure they could take that um, over Trey Mancini and um, Aledmi's Diaz they were thrown in there in the playoffs in the World Series. I, I, I kind of want to switch this conversation to the White Sox, in a sense. I feel like that's a huge loss. The fact that you, yeah. the fact that you acquire Clevenger, but you can't keep Abreu because, I mean— I guess they just like got outbid by the Astros, but why wouldn't you try and secure a Brayu? Like honestly, I wouldn't have mind if the um, if a Brayu got overpaid by by Chicago. Like just yeah. the fact that because you have a really young rotation with Dylan Cease, Lance Lynn, Luis Giolito, Mike Clevenger, and Michael Kopech. Yeah. Like that rotation is a really under rotation, underrated rotation right now. And now at the back of the bullpen too, they have Jake Diekman, Joe Kelly, Liam Hendricks, Ronaldo Lopez. Like it's bummer. Like it's like it's a great it's a great pitching staff. And the fact that you have a it's it's a weird down year for you. You get eighty one and eighty one out of the year for, uh, last year, and you lose a Brayu. I mean, you guys weren't consistent at all uh, hitting wise, but I mean, you still should have tried to keep a Brayu. Use your He's your best guy on the team. I mean, yeah. and now you have to rely on Tim Anderson as with, with your hitting. I mean, he had yeah. a down year last year. Then we all expected him to go off last year. The thing is, I do understand it from the White Sox standpoint in the sense that you don't want to lock up a guy who's aging and that might not stay consistent. So this is definitely a bargain deal for the Astros, but it's also a bit of a risky deal. Now, it's not going to come back to bite them because they didn't overpay for Abreu like we talked about. So it's not really going to be... Uh, a failure on that sense, but if he starts to lose it over the next two to three years, well, they just spent that money on a DH that they could have gotten if you know someone uh, was 32, 31, have a little bit more assurance with that contract. So I don't hate it as far as the White Sox go. Plus, I didn't even know this, but I'm checking their depth chart now. Andrew Vaughn, a guy who played a lot of right field for them last year, uh, is going to play first base. Batted 271, 17 bombs, 76 RBIs. Not bad. You take away that average, he did everything better than, uh, what's his name, Jose Abreu, aside from really hits obviously mm-hmm. you take away the average so that's not not a bad replacement and you have Yohan Mankata who had a down year Tim Anderson like you said had a down Yohan year. Mankata I have high hopes I've always had high hopes for but every year he just underperforms I'm kind of getting my <laughs> getting the luck out of him yeah and I, and I think we also forget about Eloy Jimenez and Luis Robert on that team as well just because Robert's not healthy yeah. and Eloy struggles with his health as well yeah they both they, that's another thing with the White Sox they can't stay healthy I mean if you stay healthy I mean that's I mean that's honestly the reason they went 81 and 81 I and mean, because you can't they can't compete without some of those guys that can't stay healthy. And I think they do have to, out of all these positions, they probably need another outfielder. You yeah, Because Robert's up in the air. You don't really want to rely on Gavin Sheets and Wright. Um, and so you're not going to play Eloy, I don't think, in the outfield. So I think you need another outfielder and another second baseman. Do they need? Do they have Yasmani behind the plate? 
They do. Yasmani Grandal okay. behind the plate. I mean, that's good. But, I mean, yeah, I think they need a second baseman and a right fielder now just because – or first baseman if you want to put Andrew Vaughn out there. But Yasmani Grandal's 2022 season stats, 99 games played, 202 batting average, five home runs, 27 RBIs. That's so not great for Grandal. He's <laughs> taken a step back at age 34. Um, yeah. So they have some decisions to make. I expect them to be active because they typically are active in the postseason. But I do want to touch on that Verlander topic because I didn't get to really speak on that too oh, much. yeah. Um, you make a good point with the Angels. I don't know if they're going to fork over the money for a guy like Verlander. It took them a lot to really give Syndergaard that contract last year, and they still gave him $21 million. So, you know, I would like the idea of it. Does it make sense for the Angels' timeline? Yes, because they need to win now. They need to capitalize on Mike Trout's career, Shohei Otani's career. Um, But I don't know. I mean, I could probably see a team like the Rangers getting him over the Angels because they're I think willing they're, Rangers, to overpay. Rangers are going after DeGrom. Yeah, I that's, saw that That's who well. they're going after. By the way, I, uh, Aaron Hook and I were talking on the way home from Blue Coats last night. It's funny you bring up DeGrom. We'll talk about it since we're on the MLB topic. Who's paying him the money he wants? The Mets. He can't stay healthy. The Mets. Who wants to pay him that? The Mets. The I Mets. guess, but only because <laughs> you can't lose. Like that's That's a good answer because I feel like the only logistical team that would pay that money is the Mets just so they don't look stupid. Yeah, honestly, it's like literally. I, I think, and also they lose. I think they lose Scherzer next year. Yeah, so I mean, that's tough. That, that you just pay him money him. and hope he can get his his injuries on track and a better training regimen. I could also see the Yankees go after him because you always see that name. Oh I mean, I'm gosh. a Yankee fan, so I'm just gonna say that. The Yankees are in every conversation, but I mean. they are in every conversation. But he's going to the Mets. I don't see him leaving. The only reason why he's talking with the Rangers is because he just wants to stir up the pot and get more money. Yeah. He does, but. We know the Rangers are just well, well happy with overpaying. You saw it with Semyon and Seager last year. Those signings didn't really pay off. I mean, they didn't do the not best that, this year. Not this year. No, <laughs> I, mean, not I think they year. will eventually. I do I too, think they will. it's still talent. But yeah, it's great you talent. knew when they signed them that they had, did not have the foundation to be signing them like that. It was very random, to be honest with it you. It was random. And yeah. it happened before the lockout as well. So it was kind of one of those, hey, they're offering this now. I might not get it after the lockout. Let's take the deal with the Rangers. And so... It'll be interesting. I mean, your they, Yankees yeah. point with Degrom, I don't hate, but at the same time, if you get two pitchers that are making thirty million plus dollars, that one can't stay healthy and one can't perform in the playoffs. What are you saying? Garrett Cole can't perform in the playoffs? Yes, absolutely not. He went undefeated in the playoffs when he f- pitched against the Guardians. Yes, he played ter- terrible. He pitched against, against the, the Astros, huh? He pitched against the Guardians. <laughs> They're the Cleveland Guardians. Okay. And it's a young team. I think that Zach Eflin could carve up the Cleveland Guardians. You think that? You think that Philly bias right there? I, I Okay, it, it's, no. It's you just, can't say Zach Eflin. It's <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. no, no, no. That's, that's, that's a little too much. I only yeah. said him because we just talked about ah, Zach Eflin, look, but I'll give you another Garrett. name. I would say Noah Syndergaard could go four or five strong innings against the Guardians with, like, two run ball. I mean, they're not a, they're not a great team. They made the playoffs, but they're not a great team. The AL Central and also sucks. They I mean, played, <laughs> he pitched terribly against the Astros. You just said it. I mean, he faces a good team, and look what happens. You literally have to expect Garrett Cole to hit a home run every game or give up a home run every you, game. You look, you look at this, too. I mean, never know if Verlander wants to go with his old friend. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, what happened in that wild card game last year against the uh, Red Sox? Yeah, let's not talk about that. Uh, <laughs> he can pitch in the playoffs, though, guys. He, can pitch in the playoffs. <laughs> he just can't pitch in Fenway. But what you have to understand is what I'm saying. If you got a guy in Garrett Cole who can be inconsistent at times but shows up typically when he has to, but when he doesn't show up, it's New York fans they are going to overreact. And then you get another $30 million-plus starting pitcher who can't stay healthy. New York fans aren't going to be I happy. don't think DeGrom is leaving the Mets. I, I don't see a I world no, where he I think DeGrom's going to become a money chaser. I, think I really so think well. so. Because he's got to take into consideration as well. Unless the Mets are overpaying him, you probably wouldn't want to rejoin them because you don't know what your injury is going to be like, your injury history. He knows that he can't stay healthy. So whatever team's offering him the most money he might go with, honestly, with the most years as well. I I don't I don't think he's a money. I mean, he definitely makes a lot of money, $33.5 million to <laughs> exactly. be exact. Um, but I don't think he'll leave. I don't think he'll get more. I mean, should mm-hmm. he? Probably not. But will he? That's up for debate. I, I just think he'll stay with the Mets. Uh, if he does go to a team like the Yankees, that would be big. But mm. I think, again, you're saying with Garrett Cole, it's inconsistency. Some games, Garrett Cole performs well, but in the playoffs we've seen, he has not. So Yeah, and I no pitcher's going to pitch perfect all the time. And yeah. you have to keep that in consideration. But 
you also have to keep that in consideration before you throw them the money you do. And it's an it's an inflated MLB market. We know that you're gonna have to fork up a ton of money for some of the league's top pitchers. But he's being paid like he's a solidified ace that's gonna go out there and give you seven innings of one or two run ball, and he won't do that. You know that, Sam. And so staying on the Yankees, I do want to bring up a topic from a podcast with a lost or with the Los Angeles Dodgers manager today. So there was a clip that leaked, and uh, he was talking about his right fielder, Mookie Betts. And Betts has been wanting to play second base for quite some time now. Quite some time. And really? it just so happens wow. that, uh, well, there's a marquee free agent that plays right field and bats right-handed on the market right now. And, and well, it just so happens Los Angeles Dodgers cleared $100 million in cap space with some contracts that came off the books. And Dave Roberts said, well, he wants to play second base, but he'll be even more eager to play a second base if they can get a marquee right-handed free agent. And the, aren't the Dodgers in every conversation? They are. Yeah, they and, are. True. And, um, are that's I the just... thing that sucks about the MLB is the luxury tax. I mean, like yeah. the Dodgers will go after anyone nowadays just because they, they can they can just throw money out like now, that. Now, guys, let's, let's look at this for a second. Um, aren't the Yankees also? I heard a rumor. I, I forgot what source it was from, so that's my fault. And that they're trying to clear the books too, and getting rid of Aaron Hicks and Josh Donaldson. Well, they should. Be. Well, they should. That's <laughs> that should be an assumption. That has to. That be. has yeah, to that be should. True. But do you really think the New York Yankees are gonna let go Aaron Judge? And the only two teams I see him signing with are the Yankees or the San Francisco Giants. I agree with you on that, in the sense that I don't see Judge leaving. Do we see a dark horse coming out of this? I don't. Think I don't. So. See no. It. I, don't I see honestly, it. maybe the dark horse could be the. I just keep throwing the Rangers out there because they clearly have stupid money, but like it doesn't yeah. make any sense for him to go there. I do want to touch on your point though. I don't think he's going to leave in the sense that I think the Yankees are going to pursue him heavily, as they probably already have. They, uh, there was a report out that he get that there eight years, three hundred. Right. That is so. Uh, if, look, yeah. I mean, that's a lot of money. In general, that's what the Yankees offered him. Yeah, that's that's what the market's really starting at for him, and so. I think he's going to get 350 wherever he goes. I don't think that they will purposefully lose him, but if he likes a city more, the weather more, I mean, it's going to come down to that because he loves New York. You know he does. I mean, he doesn't want to willingly leave, but if it comes down to more money, more years, and a better situation that fits his family and his future life, he's got to make that decision. He took out New York in his Twitter bio. And Instagram bio. Oh, and Instagram. He is a free agent. Okay, but still, that could sign. But I'm going to get to one more point, and I'm going to let you guys speak. There is also a 10% income tax in the state of California. So, yes, he's still going to be in a lot of money. you got to take that in. He's, that's, and the price of living in the Bay Area is astronomical Family. more expensive Family. than California, than New York. I'm going to sound like Vin Diesel. Family. Family. <laughs> I know, but I just want to put those little factors out there. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're making that kind of money, you want to get all the money you possibly can get. Yeah, you do. Yeah. But... What's ten percent off the income tax and ten percent to your agent if you're making four hundred million dollars? Yeah, I think though that's like if he's making four hundred mil, that hundred mil right there is like enough cushion to be like, all right, throw all that hundred mil at the expenses and then give me the rest. You know, I don't know. I, I want him to return to New York because you guys would be in a terrible situation without him. Yeah, you would have to consider moving Garrett Cole or picking up another top hitting free agent to replace him, which there's not really a ton unless you pick up a shortstop on the market. And so, it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Yeah, you guys I just wanted also, to bring up that point, though, that Dave Roberts said today. He also, they also signed Rizzo, I feel like, in, in an attempt to yes. uh, oh, get back Judge. So I think that, that would backfire because I, I feel like you could have gone— uh, Honestly, you guys could have gone after someone like Abreu instead of Rizzo. I would rather have— I mean, Rizzo— Rizzo feasts off that short porch, though, so does. it's beautiful. He's, he's, I mean, it's very yeah. similar swing to Didi. Yeah, exactly. I, 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 they are very good friends, and that him and DJ are all very good friends. So, it's just a matter of what were you gonna say, Jack? Well, I was just thinking, like, is that the reason that Didi's not that great anymore? Is because he doesn't have that short porch anymore? Yeah, I mean, he didn't really succeed in Philadelphia. But to be honest, we don't have that tall of a porch. You obviously have the outfield wall, but I think it really just comes down to he. It made him, and then he just lost his confidence when he really wasn't succeeding the way he was, and it was a downhill spiral. Yeah. But um, we're getting ready to head to break here on Offsides with your host, Danny Ryan. I'm joined by Jack Miller, Justin Locke, and Sam Prince as we wrap up our MLB talk, just finishing up where Aaron Judge might go and um, stuff of that nature. And if you guys have any final thoughts before we head to break, uh, by all means, definitely say them. But I do want to add one more thing. I mean, 
We talked about the Yankees. We talked about Garrett Cole and a lot of stuff like that. But I did see a signing. Um, you, you brought back Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, and I was kind of shocked by that because – or not you, but the New York Yankees. So, so you think I'm Ryan Cashman? I control yeah, yeah. the Yankees yeah. too? I have a bad a habit of saying that. The New York Yankees brought back Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, and I thought maybe they would have at least one foot in the race for one of those three marquee shortstops, but they bring back Kiner-Falefa. How did you feel about that, Sam? They're going to trade him. They're going to use so? him in a trade package. And they also got Anthony Volpe, who they should bring up opening day mm-hmm. from the minor league system. Who's their Opening future. day? I'm going to say it. He oh. started with the Renegades single-A affiliate last year. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> That's I'm, what I'm saying. I think you got to put him in triple-A for a little bit, as, as well as Jason Dominguez. Okay, not on Dominguez. That's <laughs> the um, alien. The alien. But, no, the Yankees will be fine. They're not They're not looking for a shortstop because they – why would they throw big money to a – to a, like let's say a Trey Turner, the best shortstop in the game. Then you got Volpe, who's supposed to come mm-hmm. up this year. So you think Kiner Fluff is on the move for what position before we get a break? Relief, relief pitching. Okay, uh, relief pitching. You need some starters as well. I mean, let's be honest. Luis Severino is better when he's back in that rotation. We, we, we the need three or four some spot. type of pitching that is that a pitcher is capable to pitch. I, it's not that you have bad pitching right now, it's that you don't have enough because you yes. can't rely on Severino to be a one or two. And yeah. We've seen that. He can't really perform in huge situations. If you have him as a three or a four, that's a privilege. I mean, that's yeah. that's beautiful, and I think that definitely you helps out You also have Nexter Cortez, who is a, a very good number two pitcher. Team USA pitcher now. Team yeah. USA. Let's, Let's go, go USA Nestor. tomorrow. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit before we end off our episode here on Offsides. But with that being said, as I've been referring to it, Let's take a quick step off and head to break. Before we do that, let's check the WGLS campus calendar. Rowan University's Department of Public Safety would like to remind everyone in the Rowan community about the importance of pedestrian safety, especially while crossing Route 322. Motors who stop to fail for pedestrians face serious fines. Please follow state law and stop for pedestrians. For questions about public safety, call 856-256-4922. This campus calendar is brought to you by Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM, your source. For campus news and information. All right, fellas, when we come back from break, we're going to scrap the top five segment and pin it down on the OBJ carousel as we wrap up our episode here on Friday, December 2nd, here on RowanRadio.com, Channel 2. Tune in to Rowan Radio every Saturday afternoon from 5 to 8 p.m. for the Icon Rock Show with the Icon himself, Gary D. Enjoy the very best classic and hard rock from Aerosmith to Black Sabbath to the Rolling Stones and more. Crank up the volume for the Icon Rock Show every Saturday from 5 to 8 p.m. Only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Also online at rowanradio.com. Rowanradio.com, Channel 2. You're tuned in to a live edition, as we do every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, of Offsides with your host, Danny Ryan. I'm joined by Jack Miller, Sam Prince, and Justin Locke of the Rowan Radio Sports Department as we wrap up our episode here before the weekend. By the way, everyone drive safe. Have a safe weekend out there if you're tuning in. And uh, definitely hold off on the celebration until we get to Christmas break. But that's aside from the point. It's time to hold in or kind of gather in on the Odell Beckham Jr. sweepstakes and the OBJ carousel. So, fellas... Odell Beckham Jr. met yesterday with the New York football giants. He has met or is meeting as we speak with the New York football giants today, Monday, December 5th. He'll meet with the Dallas Cowboys. And then after that, there is a scheduled visit with the Buffalo Bills that is not known to the public as far as the date goes at the moment. I see you shaking your head over there, Sam. I'll send it to you. You can throw it to Justin. But what do you think about, as of right now, the New York football giants being the only team that the media and the public know of that he's having two meetings with. You just, you just are taking words on my mouth, Danny. Only team with two visits, not the quote unquote favorite Dallas Cowboys. If they're so favorite, he would have two visits with them too. If the bills are favorite, if the bills are this dark horse team where he wants to play with Vaughn Miller, 
then why don't they have two visits? He's coming home, come back where his career started. He will be playing with the New York Football Giants this year as we go on a playoff run this year. Wow. Okay. Um, so I will give you a disclaimer that if he signs with any other team, I'm going to clip that and post it all over social media. <laughs> I will too. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I will send it to you, though, and be like, this still stand true? Let's see if that... <laughs> but what if he does? Reaction. Oh, I, honestly, I'd like to see him go there because if he goes to the Cowboys, I'm scared as an Eagles fan. I am. But, Justin, I'll throw it to you. I mean, we talked about the three teams that he is meeting with. Do you, I mean, which team do you think he's the best fit as far as those three go? And do you have any other anonymous Dark Horse teams that may be in the running in your mind? Uh, all right, so the Dark Horse, before this week, I, I mean, Cowboys were kind of the, you would think he was going to Dallas. Mm-hmm. But I do think in 2022, we will be seeing him in a Giants uniform. Okay. I just, I, two meetings is, I mean, two, two is better than one, two is better <laughs> than zero. I, it's, it's similar as that. I mean, I think if he went to Buffalo, I mean, that'd be big i mean mm-hmm. you do have stefan Diggs. i i just we don't know what odell's gonna bring to the table i mean if, if this is odell in the prime i mean it, it would be dangerous on any team but i i don't know i mean i would i would i do want to see him in a giants uniform because that's that's where we all know him love him i i just i don't know if he's in if he was somehow made to buffalo i would be very surprised i'd be very scared and very surprised justin you kind of led me right into this point as well my second question, do you think he's going to be as productive or near as productive as he was before he went down with the second ACL injury on the same knee? I honestly don't. I think he's going to be, as I said, he's never been a horrible receiver. I just, he's not, not going to be a top 10, maybe even top mm-hmm. 15 receiver. And that's kind of scary. I mean, he's only 30 years old. I mean, he came to the league, I think, 22, 23, and he had a great rookie year. Obviously, then... He did play a couple more years with New York and then went to Cleveland. And I just – I don't know. I, I hope that he does well. I mean, I've always been an Odell fan, to be honest. So, if he does come back and he's great again, if he makes top five, top ten receivers, mm-hmm. then that's great for him, honestly. I do think that I want to see him in Giants uniform by the time he signs. And so, I'll kind of go three for three in the sense that I want him there, and I'm sure Sam wants him there. and. You're an Eagles fan, right, Justin? Yeah. So you want him there for obvious reasons. Yep. But if we're talking best fit, the best fit for him is not New York. I roster wise, the best. I think as a Odell fan, a super fan of Odell Beckham Jr., always been a big fan of him. I think the best fit for him is the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I'm sorry, I was a little bit away putting the the offsides close up before we get ready to close out the show. I definitely agree with that because, I mean, they're all similar offenses. You've got the Bills, the Chiefs, the uh, Cowboys, in which they've got receivers there that are established, and he can kind of take that second role. He can't do that in New York. And so that's why I don't think that's the best fit roster-wise for him because coming off of his second tour in ACL, he's now the wide receiver one from the get-go. It shouldn't be that way. It should be Kenny Galladay dominating, but he's obviously, his years are behind him. Oh, we saw that in his first game in a Giants uniform, and that hasn't worked out. So he would be the solidified wide receiver one, and I don't know that that's a great position for him to be in after this second injury in his career. Yeah, I mean, the New York Giants, uh, I think just as fans, we want him back there. Um, but for the best fit, it's definitely not New York. I feel like Odell's past this point where um, he's not the number one, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, so I think he needs to quarrel line with someone that is a number one to be good. Yep. That's why he was pretty solid with Cooper uh, Cooper Cup as, as the main guy, and he was just kind exactly. of the secondary guy. Even Robert Woods as well. I mean, I know he got hurt a little bit uh, in that season, but he, before he went down, it was also helping him a lot. But still, it's like, in my opinion, it's like a Juju Smith-Schuster kind of situation. Like, he was good. Like or he's The best he was was when he was with Antonio Brown, and I feel like for him to be the best that he can be at this point is if he's with someone else. Um, I would say it's probably the Chiefs, as Sam said, but for some yeah. reason, um, I just, it's, I know they just signed Deshaun, but I mean, I feel like the Ravens would be a dark horse team. I mean, we we do know the connection between Lamar Jackson and Oda Beckham Jr. They're friends. They've talked about it um, a few times, but we haven't heard a lot of 
Ravens talk. Yeah, Ravens rumors, Ravens talk, or even a lot of links there since that initial rumor way back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I love that as a dark horse candidate because not only are they not being talked about, but they're really skidding right now as far as a team goes. Mm-hmm. And so they could use a guy like that to kind of hop in there. I yeah. think Bateman's still hurt for them, correct? And so Yeah, Bateman is still hurt, yeah. They, they could use that a lot, but it's a matter of, well, he's friends with Lamar. I also th- Does he want that arm throwing to him? I also think that one of the teams that was definitely in conversations in the beginning of the season mm-hmm. but is not anymore um is the Packers. I mean, but I mean, they don't he don't, they don't have another another guy to go to besides Odell unless yeah. you want to give it to Lazard, but I mean, he I feel like Packers were in this talk and they just kind of really fell out of it as the season progressed. So. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think the Packers were right up there with the Cowboys Giants. And uh, the Bills kind of replaced them in that spot because, for obvious reasons, they're one win away, I, I believe, from being eliminated from playoff contention. That's not a great look. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, we might see some late game Jordan Love action later on in the season if Rodgers wants to sit it out. I know he talked about that this past week the possibility of them not moving on from him, but just for the season giving him the year off. With that being said, we're going to wrap things up here on our Friday, December 2nd edition of Offsides as we. Wrap it up with our Odell Beckham Jr. carousel. I wouldn't be surprised to see if he's signed when we come back for offsides this time next week, or at least when I come back, because it's starting to heat up a little bit. Obviously, the meetings are happening for a reason, so it's a matter of time before one of the best receivers in the NFL returns to an NFL field. With that being said, I have been your host, Danny Ryan, alongside Jack Miller, Justin Locke, and Sam Prince. Signing off, saying thank you all so much for tuning in, and have a great weekend, everyone. You've been listening to Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. Tune in next Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. for another edition of Offsides, only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM.